Forget frequently asked questions. Common sense. Common knowledge. Or Google. How about advice from a real genius? 95% of people in any profession are good enough to be qualified and licensed. 5% go above and beyond. They become very good at what they do. But only 0.1% are real geniuses. Richard Jacobs has made it his life's mission to find them for you. He hunts down and interviews geniuses in every field. Sleep science, cancer, stem cells, ketogenic diets, and more. Here come the geniuses. This is the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Finding Genius Podcast. I have Charles Bernard. He's a PhD student at uh, Sorbonne University, and we're going to talk about uh, quorum sensing, but quorum sensing perhaps from viruses. So this will be really cool. Uh, exactly. Charles, thanks for coming. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's a, it's a real pleasure. <laughs> yeah, tell me about your research, please. I'm a PhD student, and um, my PhD project is about microbial um, communication. And um, when we, what we mean by <laughs> microbial communication is a biological process called quorum sensing. Basically, uh, when you look at the dictionary and, uh, and you look at the quorum, the definition is the, the minimal number of uh, people that, uh, that is required in a room for a decision uh, to be taken. So if you translate it uh, in the world of uh, microbiology, it's the minimal number of uh, bacteria or viruses that needs to be there for a collective uh, behavior to be efficient and therefore uh, to be triggered. And basically, uh, what I'm trying to do uh, during my, my PhD is to answer the following uh, questions. Uh, who communicates uh, with whom, how, and to which ends, basically. When you say who communicates with whom, so you know, I, from what I understand, like in our guts at least, you have fungi. Yes. Protists, bacteria, viruses, phages. I mean, so what, you know, if exactly. I dropped you in there, if I dropped exactly. you in there and I miniaturized you, what would it be like? Exactly, because uh, in fact, in the microbial world, uh, we know for a fact that uh, many different uh, species uh, use uh, chrome sensing. Uh, you, you are right, fungi, uh, bacteria. And uh, recently, in 2017, a team uh, in Israel, Erez and co-worker, discovered for the first time that viruses also uh, can communicate. And it was a very major breakthrough in the world of uh, microbiology. Yeah. Well, tell me about that study. What did, they, what did they look at? What did they find? Yeah, so here the, the, the virus that we are talking about are, is the bacteria of, is a bacteriophage, which are the, the viruses of, uh, of bacteria. And um, in bacteriophages, there are some kind of bacteriophage that are called temperate bacteriophage. And uh, basically, what we need to understand is that a virus cannot um, self-replicate. So in order to, to replicate and to spread in nature, to survive, it needs to infect uh, a bacterium. But the thing is that when it infects a bacterium to replicate, uh, it kills uh, the bacterium. But uh, as a free form, a virus cannot uh, survive longer. It needs to be uh, in, within a bacteria to be somehow protected. So if a virus keeps replicating at, at the expense of the host, and if the host disappears, then uh, the, the virus cannot survive. So temporary bacteriophage have also another life cycle, which is the lysogenic cycle, in which the viruses inserts its genome into that of its host and um, confer upon uh, its host immunity toward its free from. 
So this lysogenic cycle is a cycle that protects the phage host uh, collective and then prevents the host population from extinction. So we have the virus, uh, the lytic cycle, during which the virus replicates fastly at the expense of the host. And you have the lysogenic cycle, uh, during which the, the virus protects the host, but replicates much slower as part of the bacterial genome. And there is a, a trade-off between uh, fast replication at the expense of the host and also the need to protect the, the phagos collective. And basically, uh, what they have discovered is that this decision to transit from the lytic cycle to the lysogenic cycle was controlled by communication. In fact, viruses communicate to estimate the number. And when the viruses are ex extremely numerous, then uh, the host cells are likely to be few, and therefore the lysogenic cycle is uh, triggered. So, uh, if you want, so, I can talk. Okay, 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 okay. Yeah. So the viruses are once they're inside their cells, um, yeah. they're able to count and see how many of them there are, and what? Exactly. How are they doing this? Are they causing the cells to release like extracellular vesicles with this information, or how's it done? Yeah, in fact, the, the way they, they are communicating, they use uh, two genes. A, a gene that produces a signal and a receptor that recognizes the signal. And uh, basically, each individual virus of, uh, of the population of viruses will produce uh, this signal when it infects uh, a bacterium. So basically, uh, the more viruses there are, the higher the concentration of this signal. And therefore, the concentration of this uh, signal produced by the viruses reflects the density of population of viruses. So in fact, at a threshold concentration of this signal, this signal is imported within bacteria and starts to be recognized by its receptors, which trigger the transition from the lytic cycle to the lysogenic cycle. So when the viruses are many, they stop killing their host and they start protecting their host with the lysogenic cycle. And it was a but again, very... how are they? How is it produced? What does the signal look like? Where does it come from? Where does it go? Okay, so the signal is carried by a gene, which is translated into an, an mRNA and then into a protein. This uh, signal is processed by the cellular machinery of the cell, and uh, this peptide is then exported by the infected bacteria. So when a, a virus is, is inside an infected bacterium, the cellular machinery of the bacterium will produce the, the, the genes of the viruses that encode the signal, and then will export the signal into the, the medium. Okay, and then, uh, not, you know, obviously virions are not picking it up, but other cells are picking it up. So when you say export it to the medium, is it like a plasmid that another bacteria picks up? In fact, the signal, uh, which is a small peptide, is exported into the, the medium. And you're, you're totally right. Other bacterium will import this signal when, it's at, when it is at high concentration. And then within infected bacteria, the signal will bind to the phage-encoded receptors, which will um, trigger the transition from the lysis to the lysogenic cycle. Oh, okay. And what about in, uh, you know, in animal cells or in human cells? Is it, uh, is it packaged in a vesicle? Like, you know, how is it picked up? I'm not an expert about um, chrome sensing in uh, eukaryotes, but okay. um, 
Usually in, uh, in, in bacteria, uh, the, this signal is either a small peptide, which is exported by protein that triggers the, the export of the peptides towards the, the medium. And uh, this uh, signal molecule can either be a small peptide or a metabolite, a small uh, molecule, small chemical molecule. And at high okay. concentration, this signal is imported by uh, a permease, which is a protein uh, at the membrane of the, of the cells. Right, so when there's a lot of uh, a lot of infected cells or a lot of virions floating around, I would I would guess the criteria is a lot of infected cells. Then it goes into more of a lysogenic phase, right? Exactly. Yeah, because uh, the higher viruses, the higher the concentration of this uh, signal, and at the threshold concentration of this signal, it is uh, robustly uh, imported within all uh, bacteria and within infected ones starts to will uh, transduce the transition from the lytic cycle to the lysogenic cycle. So su suddenly within the population of viruses, they, they stop killing their host and will start protecting their host because the viruses are many and the, 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 the host cells presumably few. And therefore the phagos collective is endangered and uh, the viruses somehow has to protect uh, its own life by protecting uh, its hosts. Well, okay, so is it just about number or is it about other factors? Because viruses can be latent, you know, inside of a bacteria for a long time, and then when host conditions change, then they turn lysogenic. So maybe there's other factors in addition to just the number of them and the concentration. It, it depends also the type of viruses uh, that we're talking about. Some, for instance, uh, just trigger the transition from the lytic cycle to the lysogenic cycle in a stochastic way, which is uh, randomly, basically. But uh, in certain uh, bacteriophages, uh, this transition is controlled uh, in a density-dependent manner, which is a more optimal way uh, to, to control this uh, transition. And uh, yeah, basically, uh, the, this uh, communication just controls the transition from the lytic cycle to the lysogenic cycle, but not uh, the other way around. Oh, not the other way. How do you know not the other way around? We don't know yet, actually. Okay, but it just hasn't been discovered, right? Yeah, well, yeah exactly. <laughs> Perhaps it exists, but uh, so far it's not discovered. Well, what might be interesting is to look at signaling in a system like Vibrio, you know, where it can acquire a certain uh, piece of phage DNA or phage uh, nucleotides and then become cholera. You know, what kind of signaling is going on to have that happen or not have that not happen, you know? Or antimicrobial resistance too, like, you know, what kind of signaling goes on to, uh, to you know, to stimulate take up of, uh, of phage DNA, you know? In the Vibrio, there is a very interesting uh, um, discovery that has been uh, made in 2019. Is that, uh, as, you, as you may know, Vibrio use quorum sensing to estimate their own uh, density. So this bacterium uh, use quorum sensing to know when there are many and then to switch from a individual behavior to a collective uh, behavior. And there are some phages that are able to recognize uh, the chrome sensing molecules that this Vibrio uh, bacteria uh, use to communicate. So basically, when the bacteria uh, are many, which is uh, reflected by high concentration of uh, the communication signal that they are producing, there are some bacteriophages that can integrate this information and then we'll start the lytic cycle. So, uh, so in fact, the, the phage in this case has only the receptors that allows to recognize the phage, the signal molecule produced by, uh, by its host. So it's kind of uh, eavesdropping, if you want, or espionage. 
And uh, so basically the viruses integrate the information that the host are many. And so they, therefore they can kill the host uh, without um, killing the host population. That's interesting. So, I mean, viruses must have some sense of self versus other because the quorum sensing goes on for their particular, uh, you know, if you want to call it species or, you know, set of quasi species. But what about in, um, in super infection environments or environments? I mean, the viruses are doing quorum sensing, but just again for their own kind. But what about other viruses that may be in the area? You mean uh, communication between uh, distinct uh, viruses? Yeah, different kinds of viruses. If uh, you know, if a certain virus is taken up shop, and then another virus comes in and seems to start taking over or proliferating, you know, what's that communication look like? Is there an alert where the you know the virus has to step up protection? You know, what if it's in a lysogenic phase, but it needs to you know literally step up protection? Yeah, uh, in order so to protect the host. In fact, communication between viruses is a very uh, a uh, new field of research, so we don't know uh, much uh, yet uh, about it. And so far, we, we don't know uh, if uh, different kind of viruses are able to, to sense uh, each other's uh, by um, eavesdropping uh, communication uh, molecules. But perhaps it, uh, it exists, actually. So far, the chrome sensing systems that, has been discovered, uh, that have been discovered in bacteriophage are extremely specific, which means that... Uh, each bacteriophage speaks its own secret uh, language. But perhaps there are all other bacteriophages that are not discovered yet that speak perhaps a language which is less secretive, more universal, and then can be uh, captured by other bacteriophages. But we don't know yet this. Well, bacteria communicate with other bacteria, right? To yeah, trade yeah. resources and metabolites and Th they communicate sure. with our own cells, right? Yeah, this is for sure that bacteria can communicate uh, uh, with themselves, with uh, with their own kind, but can also communicate with uh, other species and can somehow uh, contextualize their own density relative to the density of the microbial community. In bacteria, this is known, but in viruses, it is not known yet. But perhaps it, perhaps it exists as well. As well. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. Are you involved in studying any other communication, or is it just vi purely viral? Or what? You know, what's the focus of your study? If you like this podcast, please click the link in the description to subscribe and review us on iTunes. Lately, I've been working mainly on uh, new tools to discover novel communication systems uh, within bacteriophages. And uh, because uh, communication systems, they have some uh, features, some genomic features that I try to, to understand. Once I understand them, I can develop models to, in order to, to detect the, this kind of, uh, of signatures and try to find them as well in uh, bacteriophages. And uh, I've been developing such kinds of uh, methods recently, and I discovered uh, novel communication systems within bacteriophages. And I also discovered such kind of uh, novel communication systems within a bacteriophage that already had another communication system. So basically, I discovered somehow the, the first phage with two different chrome sensing systems. So the first phage that is able to speak and understand uh, two different languages. So that was a, a new discovery that I made recently. What do you mean? Two, oh, so it speaks, uh, it's able to speak to its own kind, but what other species can it speak to? Uh, the, the virus? Yes. 
so far, we don't know if it's uh, if it's able to, to speak with other species. When I say two languages, in fact, it produces two communication signals that accumulate differentially in the medium, which means that uh, if if you want the, the threshold concentration of the first signal would be reached, for instance, before the threshold concentration of the second signal. So the two communication systems will somehow help the, the, the phage to know uh, different regimes of density. So very low, uh, middle density, and very high density. And then between these different uh, regimes have different uh, actions that are well suited for, for its survival. So, okay. Um... A bit like a developmental program, if you want. Can, we, can scientists make any of these signaling molecules and dope a system, you know, where like there's bacteria that's infected and um, they're able to produce these signaling molecules and just dump them into the system and see what the effect is? And if you flood the system with these, will, the, you know, will all of a sudden the phage uh, change activity and go lysogenic? I mean, it could be used maybe as a therapy, you know, if you've got uh, some kind of infection and you find the signaling molecule and you put it into the person, let's say, you know, in, in high amounts and it fools the phage, or the, sorry, fools the virus into thinking that uh, tons of cells are infected and then maybe it goes lysogenic or it goes latent, you know, that may be a therapy. Yeah, yeah. Basically, um, we are more and more studying quorum sensing uh, as a mean of uh, therapy. Also because bacteria, for instance, uh, th this is known that bacteria become uh, virulent at high density, and they use quorum sensing to estimate their own density and to switch from an individual behavior to a collective uh, virulence. Today, we are on, uh, studying some uh, therapies, for instance, to try to break down the, the signal that the bacteria uh, produce to estimate their own density and to, and to become a pathogen. So this is called anti-quorum sensing. And uh, yeah, so basically, uh, and also what is... Um, Important is that I discovered um, a chrome sensing system in phages, which controls okay. not uh, phage processes like the transition from the lytic cycle to the lysogenic cycle, but that controls the expression of the genes of its uh, host, presumably. So basically, at low density, for instance, the genes of, of its host uh, would be repressed, some, some genes of its host, and at high density of phages, uh, this inhibition would be uh, alleviating. So somehow, uh, these communication systems could help a phage to manipulate its host in a density-dependent uh, manner. Very interesting. So if there's a uh, if there's a large concentration of this signal, mm -hmm. and the uh, the phage goes uh, you know it goes latent or it goes lysogenic, you yeah. see the production of virions like go way way down. And I mean, like what? What do you see? You said it's protective of the bacteria, but how so? Like, what behaviors do you see change? Exactly. It's it's not me, but uh, these are people that that studied that. Basically, yeah, um, you 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 see, for instance, the the growth of the bacterium that that uh, starts to increase after uh, the lysolytic to lysogenic transition uh, has occurred. During the lysogenic cycle, bacteria are being killed, so the the growth curve uh, decreases. But when the switch from a lysis to lysogeny is triggered by a viral chrome sensing, then the bacteria starts to grow again, and you can really see uh, these curves. And basically, also the, the number of uh, virion drops as well because they cannot survive uh, longer uh, without. Yeah, all the the phages within bacterium become lysogenic. 
and the, the free phages cannot survive longer uh, without uh, being inside the host. So you could as well see the decrease of uh, population of variants. Oh, okay. So you see, you see many a cluster of phenomenon is what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Okay. Where are you going to take this? You know, the fact that there is uh, there appears to be quorum sensing, and this is governing the behavior of viruses. Like again, what's your take on it? Do you think this would be made into a therapy, or what do you think is the highest and best use of this? Yeah, for, for me, it's really interesting the the fact that viruses can uh, manipulate their host in a density uh, dependent manner. And what is really interesting is that is the phenotypes that the, these viruses can uh, inf influence uh, the, the, the phenotype of the host that the, the viruses can uh, influence in density-dependent manner. Because we've seen that, in fact, um, some we predict that viruses can communicate to estimate their own density and manipulate the sporulation or the biofilm pathway of their host. And it is really interesting because in fact, it is as spores that bacteria mostly become um, infectious. For instance, you, you have many uh, bacteria in your gut, and these, these are anaerobic bacteria that are really sensitive to oxygen. And in order to transmit to other people, they have somehow to become spores to resist air exp exposure and are able to spread and to, to infect other, other people. So if you have phages, that somehow prevent this bacteria to sporulate in density-independent manner. That's really interesting from a therapeutical point of view. You could think, for instance, of introducing phages that could, uh, yeah, somehow inhibit the sporulation of their host and and, uh, and therefore uh, counteract nosocomial infection and stuff like that. Well, if a virus goes into a spore formation, I mean, then it's going to be inactive, right? Or I'm sorry, the bacteria does. Yeah, the viruses becomes uh, inactive. But the, the spore, its biology uh, is inactive, but it's often as a spore that a bacterium uh, colonizes other niches, uh, and therefore it's the infectious, in infectious forms of many bacterium, the, the spores. For instance, Clostridium difficile, which is a pathogen, it, it is as a spore that it becomes infectious and it is responsible of nosocomial infection. So if you have some phages that prevents uh, this bacteria, to become spores, that can be really uh, interesting from a medical point of view. So you think the phages are governing the, the behavior of the bacteria, whether to form a spore or not? <laughs> My feeling, I don't know if it's governing, but it's clearly influencing, modulating. And that's really interesting because the current paradigm is that a bacterium uh, becomes a spore in an adverse uh, situation. But let me ask the following question. like, Who gets to decide when it's time to spoilate? Who gets to decide whether the, the situations are adverse or not? We used to think that uh, these are totally the bacteria, the genetic uh, systems of bacteria that decide this. But in fact, we realized that, yeah, in fact, uh, maybe these are the, the phages that communicate to estimate the, the density and manipulate the host biology accordingly. So, yeah, somehow uh, you can think a phage like a puppet master or <laughs> something uh, like that. Well, we don't know who caused the shots. I mean, I've, I've seen examples of bacteria taking parts of, you know, a phage genetic material and using it, like expressing their own spike proteins to poke other bacteria. But then you yeah. see phage using bacteria for their own ends too. So it's like, who calls the shots and when? Definitely, um, you, you have exchange of uh, genetic material between uh, 
bacteriophages and bacterium because during the lysogenic cycle, the phage inserts its genome into that of its host. And um, this, uh, yeah, uh, so the genes of the, of the phages are provided to the bacteria during the lysogenic cycle. But you can also have the converse case, which is the copy of genetic material from the bacterium to the phages. And we lately, we've, we've, uh, we've done uh, an, uh, an analysis, which is the, um, the phylogenic tree of a communication systems that regulates the spore relation. And in fact, we can see that these systems, which is shared between uh, bacteria and viruses, is frequently exchanged between uh, viruses and bacteria. <laughs> so in fact, this ability to control the spore relation uh, in a density dependent manner is currently exchanged between these two uh, microbiological entities and shape the biology of uh, each other. So uh, yeah, the, many communication systems are exchanged between bacteria and viruses, and this is um, in shaping the biology uh, of the different uh, microbiological entities. I don't know, what's ahead for your work? What do you think that you're going to be able to figure out uh, possibly in the near term? In the future? Yeah, specifically for your research, what uh, questions do you feel like you're closing in on? What do you want to get clarity on in the next year or so? Ah, uh, definitely I want to characterize uh, more uh, communication systems uh, of bacteriophages that are known to control the host in a density-dependent manner because this is really brand new. This this was never discovered uh, before in... in um, yeah, trying to un understand better uh, the dynamics of uh, these systems. And I'm also working uh, on another project, which consists in uh, identifying all the genes of communication uh, within uh, genomes of bacteria, viruses, etc. And then compare these genes of communication across genomes to see which genes uh, are similar across genomes. And then to infer which microorganisms are susceptible to communicate likewise. Because if they have a similar communication genes, somehow we can infer that they are able to produce a similar communication uh, signal and therefore to be able to communicate together. I will use this information to construct a network to infer which microorganism is susceptible to communicate with whom which bacterium is susceptible to communicate with which other bacteria, which other viruses, and then to comprehend somehow the role of communication in ecology, etc. So trying to build the first map of what's going on in the microbial world in terms of communication, a communication network, if you like. Okay. Well, what's the best, best way for people to find out more about your work, Charles? Where can they go? You can go on the, on the website of, uh, of my uh, laboratory. Uh, which is the team R A I R E, and uh, it stands for adaptation, integration, reticulation, and evolution. And uh, here you will you will find uh, the publication and uh, what my lab uh, is uh, is doing. Okay, one 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 last thing in that acronym reticulation. What does that mean? Reticulation is um, basically um, what gives rise to network st uh, st structure, so interaction. And um, in fact, uh, interaction is at every uh, level uh, of biology, interaction between molecules, uh, between uh, cells, and uh, between uh, species. And basically, in my lab, we use uh, network sciences, which is the science of interactions to uh, understand biology uh, and uh, evolution. Okay. Well, very good. Charles, thank you for coming on the podcast. I appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> if you like this podcast, 
please click the link in the description to subscribe and review us on iTunes. You've been listening to the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. If you like what you hear, be sure to review and subscribe to the Finding Genius Podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And want to be smarter than everybody else? Become a premium member at FindingGeniusPodcast.com. This podcast is for information only. No advice of any kind is being given. Any action you take or don't take as a result of listening is your sole responsibility. Consult professionals when advice is needed.